Welcome to Duke's Podcast. I'm Emily Harmon. I'm Gwen Douglas. And today you're joining us just after we finished our Sunday lunch, actually. So we're not recording live, obviously, but we wanted to talk about the wines that we like to drink with our Sunday lunch. And it's Easter Sunday lunch. That's why we took the weekend off. And yes. uh, here we are, full and <laughs> maybe a tiny bit tipsy. <laughs> <laughs> so we both brought our wine each, so I reckon we should start with your wine, actually. So we brought, I brought... Um, a wine that I was recommended by our darling Fraulein Brösel mm-hmm. here in Berlin. It's called Le Sula. Terroir d'altitude 22. Fenouillet. Fenouillet. Yeah, so um, it's the 2013 Le Sula Blanc. So I actually just pulled up the fiche technique, the little tech sheet for this wine because I wanted to check the blend um, because... Lusula usually is between uh, a blend of different parcels, different varietals every year. And this particular wine, Lusula, not this vintage, when I discovered this wine for the first time, like it stayed with me, I remember exactly when I tasted it the it's first time. It's fucking delicious. So I think I tasted it the first time seven, either six or seven years ago. I can't remember if it was raw to... Show I, off. Yeah, it was either 12 <laughs> or 13 at, at the Royal Wine Fair in London. And I remember seeing it with a little bee on the side. I contacted oh, the winery. Yeah, I think it was 13, uh, 2013 that I tried it. And I, it would have been vintage 6, 7 or 8 at that time. And um, and I contacted the winery. I was like, I really want to buy your wines. Where can I find them? And, um, and, I, and I put it on by the glass, actually, when I was working at the Zeta. I have to say, I have a fondness for the label, even though it's simple. So simple. But the paper quality is really beautiful. There's a yes. really nice tone to the paper, and it, it's a very nice label. It is a very nice label. It's very memorable in its simplicity. In its simplicity. So what's quite interesting about this winery is that they have lots of parcels um, where they've got really amazing soils that give this mineral freshness to the wines. And I, I just looked up the blend um, because I wasn't... I wasn't completely sure because it changes from vintage to vintage. So they're very low yields, 17 hectolitres per hectare, which is super, super low and quite low pH for Roussillon. So they're on Coke Catalan, just mm-hmm. above Spain. Uh, so the blend is 32% Vermentino, which at the time was around 20 years of age. 30% Sauvignon, which is very surprising, I think. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a few people commenting on our Sauvignon episode, so it's I nice know. to see some little Sauvignon. And the vines are around 30 years of age for those. There's 20% Macabeo, 35 years of age. Uh, 14% Grenache Blanc, uh, 20 years of age. 3% of Marsan and Roussan, around 15 years of age. And then 1% Grenache Gris, which is around 50 years of age. So tell me again what the main component was. So it's predominantly in this blend, Vermentino, Sauvignon and Macabeo. So I'm going to say I don't know a whole lot about Vermentino. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because Vermentino, also in the south of France, it's known as Roll. Oh, Roll. Ah, yes. okay. So you might have seen it. Yeah, I've seen it as that under that name, yeah. but not under Vermentino. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, um, I mean, Vermentino is quite fruity and a little bit floral in its, in its youth, but here, obviously, because of the soil, like, you're seeing a different expression. And, and what I love about this wine, that whenever I try it, I find it a little bit like white burgundy, but from the south yes, of France. Yes, 
Yeah. See, I made the mistake because I was very drunk the first time I had a bottle of this, and I remembered that I liked it, and I said to you that I thought it was oxidative. Yeah, which and is that was a mistake yeah. because it's not. But I think it does have this sort of <coughs> burgundy Jura because of the nuttiness, perhaps. Yeah, the sort of feeling of yeah. that. It was sort of a memory of that area rather than actually tasting like that. And this, so this is the vineyards are one hundred percent biodynamic. Um, they do use a little bit of coffers, copper and sulphur in the vineyards, but they use a lot of infusions of plants. Um, the vinification is with wild yeast. They directly press whole bunches, so they don't stem anything. Okay. And then for 12 months, it's in uh, a blend of 500-litre barrels and 2,000 and 3,000-litre uh, barrels. Two, that's, it's a bit confusing, actually, the information here. So it says 46% of the wine is in 500-litre barrels. And then it says a mixture of 2,000 to 3,000 litre barrels, 9% of the wine is in, and then 48% in bats. So I guess that's stainless steel. So okay. um, so it's a mix of, of wood, larger wood and okay. steel, which is why you don't have that huge oak, oak influence on the wine. Anyway, I love this wine. I have to say, when I bought it, it was a wild card because I, you know, yeah. as we've talked about in the podcast before too, and our listeners know that I like to try things that I've never had before. So usually if I go in somewhere, I say, I want this, 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 and this. And then I usually say dealer's choice. Mm. So whoever's selling me anything gets to pick something that I get to bring home. And luckily I actually was talking to Stephanie and she suggested this one. She said it was one of her favorites and she definitely did not disappoint. Yeah. I mean, this is amazing. This wine's iconic and amazing Sunday lunch. Like if you've got roast chicken, I want to eat chicken skin with this, just like yeah. chicken skin. Yeah, because the saltiness of chicken yeah, skin. so good. And I think there are sort of like, everybody chooses different wines for different regions for reasons for Sunday lunch. Like, what was your reason for bringing this wine for Sunday lunch? Chicken skin. That's yeah. pretty much the... Yeah. yeah. When I think of this wine and a combination of like a super salty, crunchy chicken skin perfect for me yeah because it's nice because it's still got that fruit there's some delicate aromatics there it's slightly nutty the wine but at the same time it's sort of got this like creaminess yeah it's really i think if you i think if you're into burgundy or white burgundies this would be an interesting step sideways yeah 100 percent. it's a bloody nice wine i mean I'm, i was really happy when you bought it because it's one of my and one of my since, all-time favorites since she made me buy one bottle now i've bought several so i have some on my hand because <laughs> i really love it <laughs> every sunday at Gwen's. she's made she's made me a believer Le Sula sunday is that sounds pretty sexy yeah. <laughs> it actually does so i totally get why you bought this for sunday lunch particularly for like sunday roast with chicken what are you looking for when you're picking your sunday lunch wines hmm. oh that's a good question because hmm. i guess i want something that's gonna like stand up to it because I think, like, if we're having something before or after, it's going to be something delicious. But I like savory. So I think savory wines are definitely, for me, a pick for roasts. Yep. Something that, like, brings yep. out the herbs or the saltiness mm. or the that doesn't get overwhelmed by whatever you're cooking. And I think that this one has enough interest that if you have a super salty herbal chicken skin... Yeah. I mean, I like my chicken roast super crunchy then it works no i think this is lovely I, I what i love about this is there is enough intensity for sort of any sort of richer gravies or mm-hmm. 
or sauces that can deal with the fats and yeah. there's enough acidity that can exactly. cut through it exactly this is a wine that exactly complements yeah 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 chicken and gravy potatoes yorkshire puddings i mean we had this when we when we saw the greek wines like that one wine that tasted like sage like this would be something that i would want for yeah that's a good idea herbal enough and like acidic enough that can like cut through everything and still stand on its own retzina with chicken and mushroom Mm. pie i'm in it (laughs) so good i'm excited for your pick because you picked something red so and I'm not a big red drinker. Yeah, so I chose a little um, uh, a magnum today from my cellar. Just a little magnum. Just a little magnum. Just a little casual magnum. Yeah, the tallest magnum that I could find. <laughs> it is fucking huge. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a statement piece. Yeah. When you brought that thing out, it's like everyone is... I mean, if I it. was a guy, it, you know, <laughs> You'd there'd feel... be different questions. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> So um, I bought a magnum of red, which is in uh, a magnum Riesling bottle. So it's in the very tall, um, thin, long bottles. <laughs> <laughs> That's not whatever a girl wants to hear, but, you know. Yeah, yeah they don't want to hear thin. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> oh, the snark comes uh, out. Anyway, so um, I bought uh, something from my collection that I've been holding to for a little while, and I actually thought today was the day to crack it open because I was... I've sort of been staring at it, waiting for the time to drink it, and then I thought, I don't want to miss the right time, so I wanted to, to try it. And actually, I hadn't tried many of this producer's older wines. So this is 2008 uh, Pinot Noir Cuvée Beatrice. Would you say Beatrice? In I French? mean, it's hard for me to hear the word Cuvée now and not wait for the word buffet to follow it's it. True. But, <laughs> but if you were saying it French-wise, you'd say Beatrice or Beatrice. Beatrice? Hmm. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I've ever... Beatrice, Beatrice, yeah. yeah. It's it's funny because I don't know so many Beatrices in yeah. French. It's true, I don't know any. So well, lots uh, of English girls in B. So we have 2008 Pinot Noir Cuvée Beatrice from uh, Audrey and Kristen Binner. So um, it's interesting because I was recently actually visiting Foradori and and uh, Teo, Teo, who's making the wines with his brother. Uh, Emilio, he was talking very highly of the Binner wine, saying how exciting it is that somebody can make um, quite creative, experimental wines. Not, well, no, experimental is maybe not the right word, but quite ex- expressive, natural Different. wines, essentially. Just something, yeah, yeah, natural wines that are path. actually left to age before being released. I really liked this one. We tried this earlier, and... I'm excited to try it again. Yeah, me too. So 100% Pinot Noir from Alsace, um, from, the, I guess, really one of the most iconic producers in Alsace as well. Um, so this wine is 100% Pinot Noir, as I already said. It's unfined, unfiltered, very, very low levels of sulfur. I mean, he's not usually adding more than 10 milligrams per litre, which is super low. Um, I mean, I'm not... I'm not so interested, really, in talking about sulfur at all because I don't think it actually means much to many people. I think it has a really beautiful colour. It has the colour of, like, homemade strawberry jam. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like Jura-esque where it's not yeah. completely bright red. So <clears throat> one single vineyard, Gouvet Beatrice, and um, they severely sort the, re- uh, sort the grapes. It's from old plots with really uh, small yields. Maceration for 10 days. They punch down a little bit. And then wild yeast. So it's just 100% pure fermented fruit juice, essentially. I mean, I would say that, like, fuck the roast dinner. This is dessert. You could just have this. But it's quite dry. I know it is dry, yeah. but 
I think it's still yummy. So I chose this because one, if we well, usually when you have a Sunday lunch, you're not one person. No, you're lots of people. Usually a few people together, and it's celebratory. And I think no better way, as you know from my pop up series. Yes. There's no better you way. You love to, a magnum. I love a magnum. Um, and particularly with wines with a bit of age on. Obviously, they preserve the wine even better when they're a magnum. And I'm really happy to try the wine and see that it's in good condition. Like, oh, I was it's in really, great condition. I was super stoked earlier on when I was like, oh, it's really good. Oh, oh it's, it's really good. fun because actually, yeah. now that we're trying it even later, because we tried it earlier today, I'm it's held happy up that and I've like, left the cork out. So it's been open for like eight and hours it's like now. different because I think when I had it earlier, I was thinking more the sort of natural maraschino cherries in their juice but now I'm really getting that like strawberry wild strawberries mm. wild stra- little wild strawberry jam but still dry it's not it's not that su- overly sweet it's just all of the right things you want to be tasting beefy totally bit, yeah. herbal it's a bit spicy it's earthy but it's also still full of fruit for anybody that says natural wines can't age like, this is an example um, that stands in the face of that. That says, actually, this is a killer wine, and it's everything that gets I want better in a pinot. Yeah, and something savory, something a bit fruit. No oak all of in the way. This is literally oh, it's just the really fruit. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I really love it. What else would you? What so, other occasions would you have this? I mean, I would happily thing. drink this. I mean, we're you know we're back on the balcony again here, but I think um, I would. You know, like with food, I don't, I don't necessarily think with beef it's not great, but like, no, um, I get my overpowered. Like ham, pork, amazing. Chicken, obviously, is a red wine option. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, um, great. Even uh, if somebody was doing like, um, so I, I think a really nice time to drink this wine would be because now we're coming into spring, and it's very warm already yeah. this time of year. I think with something like whole baked salmon, like salmon in salt or something oh, nice. we had at room temperature yes. for lunch with some greens. Yeah, totally. That would be quite nice. Very nice. And even like Asian, because if it's got that bit of development, like I'm thinking of umami and then I mean, yeah, I have a soft umami. spot for Japan. So I'm like... Mushrooms and... Yeah. yeah any Those little tiny enoki mushrooms. Yes. Yeah. Anything with that. Which we're going to have in our risotto yeah. for our after... For after roast... Yeah. <laughs> the after roast dinner. The after roast dinner. No, it's actually really nice to try this again because it's we had hell, it earlier. I, I, I actually was, think I was quite nervous about it. I know one. because it could have it could have Tipped gone over. Another, yeah, yeah. I, like there, what's amazing about this is like we try so many wines, these natural wines or whatever, um, that often show these like aldehyde or aldehydic characters, these mousy notes. There's not a touch of this in this wine. No, it's not nothing. oxidized. It's really beautiful. It's a very well-made, preserved wine. I actually think it gets more interesting with a little air. Yeah, and we've had it open now for eight hours without the cork in, and I kind of forgot to put the cork in. And then no, when, I when, I, when we some... went to record, I was like, oh, no. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, is that going to be okay? No, but it's actually, delicious. It's, it's I actually really think good. it's, like, developed in a really nice way. Yeah, and for a lot of people, they'd open it and they'd go, oh, my God, what's that murky wine in the glass? Because yeah. it's quite cloudy. But, um, but I actually, I really love the colour, because yeah. there's this murkiness but it has this that what it that I, I don't I wish I could find a word exactly for that aged color that is well, it's almost wine gone it's, it's like ruby it, versus right. garnet like it's getting that bricky tone to the wine no, like you have a word for it in wine but I feel like as an artist I wish I had a better word for yeah, it's it it's like pondy garnet oh no it's just, a I'm garnet colored pond <laughs> 
I wish I had a better word for yeah. it than that. <laughs> I know. I'm sure we could find the Pantone shade for that. But it's really pretty. But, um, uh, yeah, and I guess for me, with these sort of things, also when I look at Magnums, for I, I mean, there are two different ways of buying Magnums. One, one is buying a wine that in a Magnum that you want to keep for a long time and yeah. you want to see it develop, in which case I've done this. And I was quite nervous because I know with Binner, the wines are... Um, the wines are so ethereal and they're quite, um, there's nothing protecting them. They're almost like, it's almost like a woman without makeup. So you can see any flaws in the skin. That's if there's sweet. acne. I love it. Yeah. And, and I think, um, so with, with age, I was like, oh, if there's anything wrong with this wine, I'm like, really, really going to see yeah. it. But actually to see a wine that's, it's almost Developed, pristine. Yeah. Some, it's somebody with really clear beautiful. skin. Yeah. yeah. It's really, um, it's really It makes me want to draw her now. You should. Who is this lady? Beatrice. Uh, Beatrice. Who is Beatrice? Yeah. Um, and actually, again, I would munch down on a whole pile of chicken skin with this. Yeah. Delicious. All that honey roast In a ham. different way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Honey, honey roast ham. would be really nice. That would be my Sunday lunch choice for this one. But going back to my choice of magnums, one is like sort of more serious wines that need time to age. And I know magnum, they're going to develop a bit more right. slowly and they're a bit more reliable. But equally... To the other t- type of magnum I like to buy, they just deliver and they're drinkable, and and you open it, and even if you're four people, you want to drink a magnum. Yeah, right. Rather so, than a bottle. can I ask a question that is maybe stupid? Is why does a bottle age better in a magnum bottle? So, what I've been told and what I've been taught is that um, because you have the same surface area in the in just a magnum, so normal exactly. Ah, so you okay. have the when the cork is in the bottle, the little bit of oxygen at the top, and also the exchange through the cork is so the same less in a magnum coming exactly in. so ah, they okay. apparently they evolve slower than a, than a normal bottle would because there's more wine inside right because right? I think that's a question yeah I've definitely asked myself before yeah so everybody says oh everything yeah. tastes better out of magnum and you're like oh, Which, okay and some, everyone agrees with but yeah. maybe doesn't know why and, and sometimes a magnum does taste better uh, depending on but the wine but can it go but, the other way around well I guess if it's a wine that doesn't need to be aged or if and, it's a wine that should be aged more does it then well, it's just slower. Slow it down. Yeah, I yeah. guess it's, it's a bit slower, slow but um, I guess it's sort of a safer bet with some particular wines. But it really depends on what you're drinking that for. I'm sure that I'm sure that this wine would have been delicious uh, when I first received this bottle. Because you've had it for how long? Six, seven years. Love it. In my little collection. Self control. No, the whole time I kept looking at it, and the longer it went on, I was like, I can't open it. It became this thing where I was like challenging myself of like, no, that's why I, that's why I opened it today. That's why I want to know why today. Because I put it in the fridge because I was wary that it was getting warmer and warmer in my apartment because I've just changed apartments. I was like, oh, I don't know how this is going to hold up over summer. So I popped it in the fridge. And then it was in there, and I was like, oh, well, I guess we might as well open it in the fridge. And then I... Like, you've moved yourself to the fridge, so you're one step closer to my mouth. Yeah. And then I just thought... No, you're in the fridge. I just thought, how long am I going to wait for this wine? And, and I, you know, it's very interesting, that film Sideways, where it talks about, like, sometimes the occasion is drinking the bottle. Sometimes you don't have to wait for the yeah. occasion. Sometimes and it, today that was, is the occasion. And today was that day. I'm happy it was, it was today, because I think this is really beautiful. Yeah. So, um, yeah, drink Lasula, drink Binna Mags. Can't recommend, like, I feel totally spoiled by our Sunday lunch ones today. Yes. I think we've done really well. Yeah, we have. And I think this is a really good.
good opportunity to tell people that sometimes it's good to wait, but sometimes treat yourself for no other reason than the fact that it's today. I mean, we've done quite well. 2013, <laughs> yeah. the and 2008, Cuba Pinot Noir from, from Binner. <laughs> we've been quite patient. Yeah. Anyway. But I think we've done well. Anyway, so. Thanks for tuning in. Let us I know wa- what you're drinking yes. with your I want to know lunch. what did you wait for? What have you been waiting for? And what did you put on the shelf? Yeah, and what and are you cooking today? with your Sunday lunch wines as well? Absolutely. We want to yeah. know everything. So you can find us on Instagram at juice.podcast. On Twitter at juice underscore podcast. You can find us on our website at juice.show. And otherwise, it's me, Gwen, saying goodnight. And Emily saying goodnight also. <laughs> 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 Gonna finish this magnum. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs>